Hello, welcome to the You Can Try podcast. I'm Penny Wilkin from You Can Coaching. And on this podcast, I'm going to talk to people who share my passion for swimming, cycling, running and triathlon, as well as anything in between. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to Michael Bibb better known as Rocky. So Michael is a triathlete and a runner, uh, but in particular likes to take on crazy challenges and uh, took part in the Marathon de Sables. So that's what we're going to dive into a little bit today. But before we go any further, tell us a bit about yourself, Michael. Introduce yourself. Yeah, so um, uh, I've just turned 50. Um, I'm married. Uh, I have uh, four kids. And um, about uh, four years ago, someone suggested we do something crazy called an Ironman. Um, I couldn't really swim. I couldn't really run and um, uh, below average on a bike. And um, of course, I said, OK. So um, that obviously led me to you, Penny. And um, uh, and here we are. And we've chalked up a few things together. So um yeah, I'm happy to to share um, the kind of secret sauce you gave me to uh, to do some of these things. And up until that point, had you done much physical activity, much running or cycling or anything? Um, so uh, when when I just before my thirtieth, I thought, listen, I need to get a marathon out of the way, you know, like uh, by way of a bucket list. So uh, I, I managed to get a, a place for the London Marathon and I did that and I thought, that's it. I'm going to hang up my trainers. I've done a marathon. We're done. Um, several years later, um, uh, my cousin and a few of his friends decided that we'd uh, do the London to Paris cycle. We did the cycle. We were sat on the Champs-Élysées having a few beers afterwards and it was just as Bradley Wiggins was coming in with the Tour de France. And... Um, it, it might have been the beer, um, but I thought, well, let, let's let, let's just keep going. Can, can we do it? Um, so I started to believe. Um, and over those beers, we decided that we would meet each year and we would pick up where we left off. So um, we, we finished that first uh, cycle at the uh, Eiffel Tower. And uh, we decided the following year we would uh, then do Paris-Geneva. And then we did uh, Geneva to Venice. And then we did Venice to Rome. And then when we touched the Colosseum, it kind of that, that was it for that European cycle. And that's when one of the guys, um, we were in a Pizza Express at Shoreditch and he showed me Team Hoyt. Um, oh, yeah. And, um, you know, as I said, I, I couldn't really swim. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I do not believe I am an athlete. I, I, I'm, I'm not being modest here but i i'm really not um but when he showed me this father and son team and when he showed me the dad swimming across the lake with a rope around his waist towing his son in a dinghy i thought listen the excuses i'm making not to do an iron man um are just in my mind so uh team hoyt really inspired me and and they still do actually um uh, and so i thought i'd suit up and um yeah see what i could do Cool. So before we get into Marathon de Sables, so let's just talk a bit about 2020. Um, so, I mean, you would have had an Ironman booked for 2020, would you, last summer? How did you know that? Yes, yes, I did. Um, <laughs> Which um, one I, were you booked in for? Well, I booked in to do, um, and, and for me, um, uh, well, today I've, I've done three Ironmen and um, 
I had this thing in my head that I wanted to do five at 50. So um, I'd booked in for the ultimate triathlon at Durnford Lake. Um, I've, I, our very first outing into the kind of whole Ironman experience was doing the half there. Um, and again, just so you know where I'm coming from, I was the last man out of the lake and um, I missed the cutoff by two minutes. Um, I, I was really that um, that, that bad. Um, so, uh, so, I, so I'd booked in to do that in August. Um, uh, however, my mom got um, uh, got got quite sick, so um, I, I went with her for all of her chemo's and stuff. And she was getting quite anxious um, about, about me doing the, the as mothers do. They worry, um, and um, so I, I actually deferred my my, my Ironman to, to next year um, because she was, uh, as I said, she was she was quite sick and uh, she was she was worrying about me. Um, as mothers do, um, so I, so I deferred that. I, and then sadly, sadly, my mum, uh, we, we lost my mum in in July, um, and so oh. I threw I threw myself into um, the uh, Everest trail run, which was supposed to be uh, November, but because of COVID, that got bounced to 2021. So so I've got both of those things lined up for next year. Um, the 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 uh, ultimate um, triathlon. I think it's the sixth of June. And um, I haven't been given a date for the Everest Trail Run, um, but I guess it's going to be November. And uh, as you know, I've um, uh, I, I don't know why, Penny, but I've uh, thrown myself into that um, triathlon two five five, which is I think oh, the eighth yeah. of August. So um, yeah, so hopefully we'll we'll we'll, we'll get those three uh, chalked up in twenty twenty one. And so how have you coped with having, you know, events on and then events off and with having, you know, the lockdown over the summer? I mean, you know, what sort of impact has that had on your life and your training and your motivation? Uh, well, well, as you know, um, I, I would like to train a lot more, but um, uh, I run my own business. Um, I, I have a daughter who's uh, autistic and... Um, um, not that that's necessarily um, uh, an, an obstacle, um, but it just means that I need to devote a bit more time um, to her. So I, I would like to train. Um, I think when we, you and I started uh, working together, I was I was going out five times a week. Um, then I, I tend just to uh, run maybe twice a week. Um, although for the last couple of months, I haven't really done much um, with regards to buying a house and. Um, and all the stuff that's been going on. Um, uh, so, I, but you know, Penny, I, I'm quite fortunate. Maybe it's a genes thing, but um, for example, um, I, I didn't do any training from, I think June, um, and uh, sadly lost my mum. And then I just kind of went out for a run. It was a proper Forest Gump, and I just did. Um, uh, uh, first one I did was 11 miles and then uh, a week later I did 17 miles and you know I was absolutely okay so um I'm that th there must be something in in my code that that you know just says run forest run um so so yeah so I'm, I'm quite fortunate I can just go go and do stuff um I did do um some dostal quarry swims um when I was gearing up to do the ultimate um for um june but that was kind of you know april may um and and that was okay you know i'm, I'm not the fastest swimmer um for your listeners i guess 
um my, my fastest Ironman swim um I guess was Nice that was my first one and that was one hour 12 um but uh when I, I I'm somewhere between there and 130 for for an Ironman swim which um you know you saw how how I used to flap about Penny and I was in lane six uh in the pool at King Henry's and uh it would just take me forever so I I'm from where I came from, I'm really, really happy with that kind of swim time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, on, on the bike, I haven't really, you know, I set my bike up in my garden, ready to go. Um, I, I didn't really do anything with new house. Um, I do have a nice garage, which I'll, um, I will be setting that up and I, I will be doing some cycling. But um, as I, I tend to do all my training myself, um, uh, I, I, I tend not to, to focus on the physical. I tend to focus on the mental. Um, and that, that's what really helps me. Um, I think I read somewhere that, um, uh, uh, to do an Ironman, it's 80% mental and 20% physical. So I, I, I tend to, to read a lot. I tend just to kind of motivate myself mentally rather than physically, but, um, to, I, I will say I might be quite odd in that respect. And, and like blessed with that running gene, that means you can just do it yeah um and and you know at school um i went to sydney stringer uh hello to all the cock kids out there um and i remember our running used to be um we used to go to the memorial park on on a wednesday morning i think it was um and i, I would always just kind of you know be the last one in the van in fact i remembered do my 800 meter swimming badge at coventry swimming baths which sadly is no longer with us and um everyone was changed everyone was you know ready to get back in the van and there i was still on my back and the teacher was said, look just come on come on mike and uh, i'm not even sure he um he let me finish he just look we'll, we'll give you the badge because you know uh the sun had gone down it was dark people wanted to get home um I am, I am such a, a poor athlete. It's um, it's unbelievable, really. Um, and and so I'm only, I'm only sharing this with you, uh, a because it's true, but b is that what what used to happen in the past doesn't necessarily define what you're going to do in the future. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. Um. So. Tell us about Marathon Disciples then. Um, okay. I mean, what, what is it, for example? Um, so Marathon Disciples is um, it's, um, heralded as the world's uh, toughest um, foot race. Um, uh, I'm not sure that it is. Um, you know, I've, uh, I've, I have over the last year or so become a big fan of David Goggins and uh, some of the stuff that he does... Um, you know so go and tell us about david goggins i'm not familiar with him oh right okay so um i i guess um an, an interesting segue is that um so I'm, I'm a financial planner and um i joined something called the million dollar round table uh probably about seven years ago and um this is a kind of big jamboree for financial planners and advisors from all over the world to meet and talk about best practice etc so it was, uh, I was in, um, uh, I, I think it was uh, uh, Florida 
maybe two years ago and I met a bloke from the Midlands. Can you believe it? Um, I, I, I think he's from Wolverhampton or somewhere. And um, uh, I, I was training um, to do um, uh, right. one of your own. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm, I remember. In fact, I'm, this sounds really blase, but I, sorry, it was actually uh, Los Angeles. Um, uh, yeah, I was training because I was going straight from there to to go on to Norway. Um, anyway, I met this chap, right. I met this chap called Martin, and um, and he'd done you know loads of and. Um, and, you know, here was me thinking, oh, yeah, I've done an iron. This is great. This guy, you know, just kind of really put me in my box, really. And he said, yeah, of course, you read uh, It Can't Hurt Me, David Goggins. I said, no, no, what, what, what is all this? You know, and so he opened up this Aladdin's cave. And, and then he said, and you need to read uh, Living with a Seal. Um, and this is by uh, Jesse Itzler. So uh, David Goggins um, uh, and really... Uh, anyone that's interested in a kind of journey or that they say that they can't do stuff needs to read David Goggins. So it can't hurt me. David Goggins was this kind of really um, overweight, you know, having uh, several donuts and fry up breakfast. Uh, he was just, he was just lost. Um, and then um, to his home after, um, I think he was like uh, an exterminator. He used to go and clear out uh, restaurants uh, and uh, roaches. And uh... anyway, he comes out and he sees the kind of Navy SEAL um, uh, hurt week. And uh, he thinks, well, I want to be a Navy SEAL. But, you know, he's grossly overweight. No, no chance. Anyway, he, he shed, he's able to shed the pounds. He, he, he uh, gets into the Navy SEALs. He almost finishes the course and uh, he gets an injury and he, he has to bail. And then he comes back and he gets another injury and he goes through all that pain. So I think he's the only man alive to actually done the Navy SEAL training three times. Um, okay. Yeah. And so he goes on, he does the Navy SEAL training and um, yeah, Penny, if you can contact David Goggins, he would be so much more interested than me. Uh, get, get, yeah. Oh, and he's awesome. Um, Anyway, he kind of he does this uh, in spite of his, you know, kind of build and stuff. Um, and then he becomes a ranger. And then uh, I think that movie Black Hawk Down, where the, the chopper goes down in uh, a war-torn area of the Middle East. And he knew several of the guys uh, who were on that. So he just decides he's going to raise some money for their kids um, so they can have a college education. And he... Um, a, what, what shall I do? And he wants to do um, like that Death Valley run. I think it's 135 miles. And he just he just yep. contacts the uh, organizers and saying, I, I want to do it. And they said, look, there's no chance. You know, show us you can run 100 miles. So he just, uh, there, there's a race coming up and um, he just rocks up and he's got a kind of um, little deck chair. He's got a bottle of Gatorade and some crackers and he just does 100 miles. I mean, he just does it, Penny. This guy's off the charts. And and the chap, Jesse Itzler, he's there and he's doing this thing, but he's got six mates. It's like a tag team. You know, one will run a mile, they'll tag out. And and he's watching this David Goggins, this this tall guy, just, you know, quite stocky, um, just running by himself. And he's thinking, what is this guy all about? He's, he's just doing it by himself. Whereas, there's Jesse, they had their, you know, masseuse, they had their um, barbecue, they had their, their their tent. It was a luxury. And then there's David Goggins, who just rocks up and just keeps going and going and going. 
Um, so any, so, oh, sorry, Connor. It's okay. Um, so yeah, so David Goggins just, just does it. And Jesse Itzler is absolutely amazed by this guy and he contacts him and he said, how'd you do it? And then, um, uh, he asked David to come and live with him for a month and, um, living with a seal is, is like the follow-up to can't hurt me. But, um, uh, I, I think when we started working together, Penny, you recommended, um, the brave athlete by Leslie Patterson and her husband. Um, that, yeah. that was a great book. Um, but I, I have to say, can't hurt me, um, from where David Goggins came from, you know, um, no, no background really when it came to stamina, but he's done double Ironman. He's, he recently did a 240 mile endurance run, um, these guys are awesome. So uh, sometimes when I'm feeling a bit sorry for myself, um, I, I do think about him, and I'll put my trainers on, and um, I'll, I'll 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 say to myself, I'm going on a can't hurt me run. Um, so he, he, he's a real inspiration, um, and I think for your listeners, um, uh, yeah, we we need to have that inspiration. Uh, I've already mentioned Team Hoyt; yeah. they were like the jumping off place for me. David Goggins mm -hmm. uh, is just. Uh, and even now you just you just look at some of the stuff that he does he's he's absolutely off the charts so um i'd i'd highly recommend him as a as a um a great ambassador for um for for doing stuff that you thought was out of reach yeah no no definitely a good recommendation i think i've read or listened to a podcast i think maybe with Jesse Itzler where he talked about some of it yeah um so i've certainly heard a bit of the story but I'm going to add that to my book list. I was just looking at a list of books um, to read this morning. So, yeah, no, great recommendation. Well, so, well Penny, uh, if you don't mind, yeah. um, I know you're recording mm. this, but as a thank you from me to you, um, I actually bought a couple of copies of, of these. So I will send you a copy of that, and that's that's my thanks oh, to yeah, you amazing. for, um, for yeah, helping brilliant. me out. Okay. Yeah, lovely. Thank you. So... Uh, so, so some inspiration there. Um, so go on, tell us, go back to Marathon, Marathon de Sable. Oh, yes, Marathon de Sable. Okay, so um, we started this Ironman journey, and then, um, as you know, my, my cousin started this um, the, this journey with me. Um, sadly, he, he didn't make it, it across the line in Nice, so we talked about what's next, and uh, he really wanted to do Norway. Um, so... Uh, I only did Norway really um, just to hopefully, you know, get him across the line. Um, and then uh, as I think is, is mandatory. Um, I was, um, I, I, know, I couldn't sleep one night and, um, uh, and maybe there was a, a business conference or something and I might've had a, a couple of mojitos and I thought, you know what? Everyone says Ironman Wales is the toughest. So um, maybe I should just do it. And, so hence, I think it's mandatory that you probably have had a drink before you sign up to Ironman Wales. So um, I signed up to, to Ironman Wales and, um, uh, and you know, I scraped across the line and uh, one of my closest friends said, yeah, but it's not the Marathon de Sable, is it? So I thought, oh, okay, I, I'll, I'll do Marathon de Sable. And what's really funny, well, it is to me, um, <laughs> what's really funny about this is, again, I was at a... Um, uh, another financial planners conference and I was sat next to this chap called Mark Rowe. Um, and this was, I don't know, maybe, um, again, maybe eight years ago, something like that. I'm sat next to this guy called Mark Rowe. He's written another book, which again, I'm happy to share with you. It's called running, running from shadows. 
I'm sitting next mm-hmm. to this guy, and uh, he said, "Yeah, yeah, I did, I did the marathon de sable." And I said, "Oh yeah, what's that?" And he, you know, he says, "Well, it's uh, six marathons um, through through the Sahara Desert." Uh, and I said, "Oh yeah." And he starts telling me through, and I'm thinking, "There is no way I'm ever going to do this. It sounds awful, you know. Just how he he, he describes how the the sand when when you're in." You can't really call it a tent, Penny. It's basically, a, it's a Berber tent, they call it, but it's one big sheet that goes over you. Um, and you're there with, um, you know, five other, five other souls. Um, and the the, the finite uh, sand, you just kind of see it, you know, coming down through it and you're kind of breathing that in all the time. And he, the way he described it is like, no way. But I, I was really inspired by him. So what? What even while I was with him, um, I said, you know, I'm going to buy that book. So I just logged on and I, I bought his book through through Amazon there and then. And I read it and I thought, no, that's not for me. However, um, coming back to, um, I, I, thank God I did uh, Ironman Wales. And then I thought, listen, I'm just going to jump in and, and, and do this. Because all the stuff that I've learned um, through uh, Team Hoyt, through the kind of having this alter ego, uh, Rocky, as, as you said, um, we, we give ourselves our, our limitations. So I just wanted to see how far I could go. Um, so, um, yeah, so I signed up for it and um, I, I started running and I, I started, you know, put a backpack on. I started running with poles um, and I'm never going to win these things. And um, you said something right from the start, Penny, which really resonated with me. And you said, Mike, just check in the ego. And, um, and you know, that might be your catchphrase, but it really resonated with me because, you know, we've got these aspirations that, oh, I want to finish here. I want to. And for me, uh, being consistent as to where I came from, I, I just want to finish these things. You know, if I can say I've done an Ironman, that is you know, if if your listeners could have seen me and known my background, that is a massive achievement for me. And I, and you know, I applaud anyone that that can do it. In fact, uh, even if it's a sprint um, distance, that actually just suiting up and saying I'm going to do this is actually a really big deal. Um, so um, following that trajectory, um, let, let let's just see. You know, if if I suit up. Um, and I, I do have a bit of a stubborn gene, I have to say. So I'm thinking, right, coupled with my kind of naivety and uh, and positivity, you know, let 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 let's just do it. Um, so uh, yeah, so I read up about it. Um, that there's a, there's a series called Losers. Um, I'm not sure if it's still on um, Netflix, but it was about this Italian guy. Uh, one of the episodes was. Uh, who decided to do the marathon de sub and he got lost um and you know he had to eat bats and had to you know kind of fend for himself he kind of got strayed now that might be an urban myth but there's there's lots of kind of um, urban myths about the marathon de sub but essentially you are doing back-to-back marathons it's self-sufficient you have to take all your own food you have to take for the whole seven days right yeah oh yeah all they give you is a water ration um, each day, uh, and that's it. So, if you want hot food, you need to take a stove. Um, you know, there's no Tesco's out there, so everything you need, you need to have. And you know, just as an aside, um, I did win an award um, at, the, <laughs> at the marathon to sub. I did have the heaviest pack, um, 
so um they, they gave me this um after it because I, I was thinking I, I don't want to be in the middle of the desert and you know say oh I wish I had so I took loads of stuff um but what's great is that you've got lots of competitors there you can you know share your stuff with them so um uh, and, and we'll probably get on to kind of the tent life but in my tent um they called me dad because I I was uh I was the guy who looked after them all um but yeah, marathon, marathon de Saab, um, back-to-back marathons in the desert, and um, it, it's a lot easier than you think it is. <laughs> so it's hot, right? So tell us how hot it is when you're doing it. Well, I'm not sure if we got lucky. Um, I did. I did uh, meet a guy at check-in uh, who's a Canadian guy who'd done it a couple of times, and uh, I think a couple of years back, a lot of people just bailed on the second day because it was just melting. Um, so it gets up, it gets, uh, between 40 to 50 degrees. Um, Celsius, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't, I, I didn't really feel the heat. You've, you've got one of the days, um, which is actually a double marathon. Um, and then you have a rest day, uh, double marathon day was okay. I, I think it was day two that, um, I think it was my kit. Um, I, I just kind of wore the, wore the wrong stuff. Um, but I quickly kind of, you know, um, adapted and, and got on with it. But um, I, I didn't necessarily feel the heat was a problem. Um, what I did is um, I, I live in Warwick, so we've got evolution yoga. So I thought I'd go and do some hot yoga, which, okay. um, I, again, I'd recommend it to, to all of you listeners, uh, even just as a... Uh, uh, a novelty if nothing else you're just in there and you know you don't need to be double jointed or anything like that you you can work to your own level and pace um uh and kelsey kelsey was there she um she uh, wow she became so flexible you know i saw i saw in the pool cov try and then in hot yoga she was doing amazing things but um yeah, do the hot yoga. That 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 really helped. Uh, I was doing lots of saunas to help me acclimatize, but um, but may- okay. maybe we're lucky. Yeah, I, I didn't really yeah. see the heat as a challenge. Okay, so it's hot, and then you're running on sand, right? That's right. Yeah, there, there was they 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 do change the course. Um, sometimes they kind of reverse it and flip it. Um, some of it's a bit rocky. There there were a couple of mad ascents which. Basically, you just had to queue and there was a rope and you had to kind of pull yourself up. So, you, you know, you weren't going anywhere. But essentially, it's sand. A lot of it's dunes. Um, the, the key thing was having that backpack on and just seeing how that a- affected you. Um, but there's great camaraderie. You know, everyone wants everyone to, to get across the line. Um, great support. Um, again, talk about inspirations. I was very fortunate in that Sir Ronald Fiennes was given a talk at the Warwick Arts Centre. So um, I went to see him because at the time, he might, he might well be the oldest Brit to have ever done the Marathon de Sable. So I thought, yeah, I'll go and see you know, Sir Ranulph and uh, get some pearls of wisdom. However, his talk was about all his cold expeditions. Yeah. Um, uh, and what was hilarious was... I. You know, they had this massive queue for for book signing at the end, and I, I did take a couple of his books. Um, I think uh, "Mad, Bad, and Dangerous to Know." Um, I can't remember the other book that I took. Um, anyway, I, I thought, you know, I need to speak to this guy and get some pearls of wisdom. 
And um, so I, I wait, I wait, I wait. I'm there, and you know, so Randolph, can you um, can you give some tips, please? I'm you know doing the MDS in April. Um, and bear in mind, he's at a book signing, and he's got a stack of books right next to him called Cold, because this is all about his cold expeditions. <laughs> and I said, can you give me some tips? Can you give some tips? And he says, buy my book, Heat. Um, so, so I waited, and he just, you know, buy my book, Heat. Uh, and he could see I really wasn't that impressed with his top tip. And he said, no, 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 joking aside, um, it, it, it's the tent. He says, if you have good tent mates, it, it makes a big difference. And I have to say, Penny, I was very blessed. I'm, I'm still in touch with the guys. You know, we absolutely fell in together. And um, there were just some awesome guys. And I felt that we were part of the same tribe. So we, we really uh, bonded very, very quickly and very, very closely. So you can tell us a bit more about the tent in a minute. Yeah. Um, so just still painting a picture of, of the race and the conditions. So go on, tell us, um, I mean, how long would you be running for? How much running would you be doing? Would it be a mixture of running and walking? Um, you know, tell us how a day at Marathon Disciples pans out. Yeah, okay. So everyone walks, e even, uh, uh, even the guy uh, who keeps winning it every year, even he walks. There's, there's a part of the terrain, you can't run it all. Um, so um, for myself, I probably ran uh, somewhere between 60 to 70%. And, um, you know, I'm not the fastest runner. So I say run. You might say fast walk. But nevertheless, I'm counting it as running. Um, uh, just be, just because of the terrain, you know, you'd be running in some sand dunes and you, you, your feet would just go. Um, How long uh, would a day... How long does it take you to get through the marathon? Yeah, well, you know, I I was finding I was getting faster and faster. Um, um, the the last proper day, because on on the on the very last day, you just do uh, what's what's called a charity run, and and I decided that uh, me and my teammates would just walk it together, which which was a really nice uh, thing to do. But the but on the the final day, it's it's a full on marathon, and I was just. Uh, well, in my world, I was flying. So I think even though I had a full backpack, I had poles, I was going across the desert, I probably did the marathon in, um, I don't know, maybe six hours, which is actually good for okay. me. Um, um, the, the the toughest day um, on my version of the marathon to Saab, because they do change it every year, um, was um, day two. And they, they, did, they do send out a warning saying, look, keep something in the basement for day two this the terrain is is shocking it's, it's really tough um but you do do a double marathon um so part of my preparation for that is i did do something called the pilgrims challenge which again for your listeners um i'd highly recommend um this is a, a kind of 33 mile run or walk or whatever you want to do um have a sleep in a school hall and then next day you do 33 miles back um and again penny you know um we we can we can talk about our blisters and all that stuff but i tend to focus on um the people and what um what, what was absolutely amazing for me is on, on day one and again if your listeners haven't got it i'm really not an athlete um but i i got to the last checkpoint 
because I'd never done uh, an ultra run before. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm feeling quite good about this. And I've only got six miles to go. Um, and there's lots of people milling around. And the steward says, uh, excuse me, he goes, would you mind, can you get this girl uh, across the line? And uh, I said, of course. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, was, I was actually thinking, why isn't he asking all the other people? <laughs> I've only just come in. Um, but I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe we'll talk about... Um, you know, my, my very first uh, triathlon um, where, where I saved that guy's life because that, may, maybe that, that's DNA as well. But um, but anyway, I, I, I say, of course, I'll help her. And we start running. And um, you, you and it was dark at this time. And she goes, oh, you'll never guess how old I am. Anyway, she was 72 and her name was Viv. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I had a really wow moment. It's like, what what blisters have I got? What, what aches and pains? And... Um, she was, she was so grateful because she tried to do it the year before and she'd bailed on it. And, um, and I was just, I was just running with this girl and I said, listen, if I'm 70 and I can do this, I said, that, that is an achievement. And I just had, you know, uber respect for her. And yeah, we got her across the line and God bless her. She woke up and she did the next day as well. <laughs> so, um, I, I, I get the kick from, from people and Viv, um, just really inspired me so um uh, I, I think if you can do the pilgrims challenge which is just a two-day event they say you can do marathon de sable and i think that's true okay okay so um you're on your in the mds so you're on your feet you know marathon a day maybe six hours or longer each day um you're carrying all your own stuff so are, are there water stations or stopping points I mean do you stop for lunch or you know how, how does it work yeah so um you can stop whenever you want to and you've got you, yourself you have to be self-sufficient so you've got all your gear with you there are certain checkpoints there where you can top up your water and you know uh, sometimes I don't know if you remember that uh, Perrier advert where the guy's on his hands and knees and he's you know looking for water looking for water and they're there with water and he says is it perrier no and he kind of keeps going um so you you definitely like that you, your tongue's hanging out and you do need some you, you do need that water um salt tablets are mandatory because uh, again for your listeners that um it isn't just about the water you know we lose all these um the, the salts and um and, and essential things just to keep us going um so you have to keep taking the salt tablets that's part of the mandatory kit that you have to take with you and you have to keep dropping mm-hmm. the, you have to drop the salt tablets with the water um just so you don't cramp up and you just keep going um so so it's tough um as, as i said i had i did have the uh officially the heaviest pack because you have to weigh in uh, i came in at 13 pounds uh, sorry 13 kilos um um and uh, that was the, the the heaviest that year, but um, um, yeah, I, I had everything. So I stopped when I wanted to stop. Um, what's interesting, Penny, is that you're kind of running through a desert, and then you just see these kids out of nowhere. They're thinking, "Hey, where, where have you come from?" Um, so um, yeah, I did. I did take some um, um, Percy pigs as my kind of go-to treat. Um, kids here so i ended up giving all my little my, my sweets and my treats away so uh, it helped reducing the weight um and you know maybe brought a smile to their face but um i, I missed my sugar rush um um 
but yeah, you're just in the middle of nowhere and you just see, for example, a bike and you're thinking, hey. and you, you would run through a few towns which look like uh, ghost towns really, but the, but this is their life. You know, they kind of kind of got quite a nomad existence. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it, it was nice to see, you know, someone that wasn't in kind of running gear and just remind us yeah. of uh, kind of the outside world because you very much are in a bubble. Um, Marathon yeah. de Sable, um they um, encourage you to let your friends and family know um, uh, your the email address for MDS. And so you would get emails in the tent of an evening, which kind of just reminded <laughs> you because you just get um, – you you know when you're diving, uh, you like um, uh, scuba diving. It's, it's almost like you need some decompression when when you come out yeah. because you're just so focused. You you know you're in the desert. All you see is sand. All you see are your tent mates. You obviously runners in the day, but you're very much in that a uh, bubble. Um, and so seeing people who, you know, have got a life outside of uh, Marathon de Sable was was really refreshing. So um, tell us a little bit more about what sort of stuff you're eating. And, of course, you've got to carry it all for the whole, take everything you need with you for the whole seven days. So, you know, were there any mistakes that you made? You know, you got something out and it was spoiled or you it tasted different and you didn't like it in the desert or um, so what things were you eating? Yeah, so um, I did take um, a very small pot. I did take the... Um, uh, I think they're called esbit or, or something like that. These kind of really flammable um, cubes, and I did take a, a mini stove, but because my pack was so heavy, um, I actually I, di I didn't take those. So all of the food I actually had cold. Um, I I did use expedition food, which was great, and I literally just threw water in there, um, left it for a couple of minutes. And then and then dived in. Um, uh, of those, I have to say the the uh, I'm a vegetarian, um, so the the, the veg vegetable curry was absolutely off the charts. And in the tent, I did have a bit of uh, I was feeling the curry envy. Um, that was um, that was a great hit. Um, I didn't really like the the the, the pasta um, one so much. Uh, I think it was called like vegetable medley pasta. That wasn't so hot. Um, expedition foods were fine. Um, um, what else? Um, that was all. I think it was all freeze dried stuff. Um, I I did take some um, some coffee, which was great, um, but really you know really basic. Um, I, I said I had the heaviest pack, and you might think I had all the kind of creature comforts, but um, not really. I, I ended up kind of. Uh, just kind of giving it to the other competitors really uh, that was just me um overcompensating i think so um uh, expedition foods um i i did take some gels uh, i'm not i'm not really big into gels um but I, when i do take them i do like the stealth gels they, they were really good um and i swear by the zeros um i started taking those during the the european cycling that we started off talking about um, and they they really help. So no no very basic. And um, I, I think I definitely dropped a couple of dress sizes in that week. Um, <laughs> but I, I was just eating and running and drinking water, um, and it, it seemed to work really well. So you've got all of this, um, uh, you know, this food um, expedition food. Yeah. 
Um, so what about special equipment? Is there anything that you have to take because of the sand and, you know, is there anything you had to do special things with your shoes and your socks and things, did you? Or Yeah, so uh, you, you have to get uh, kind of trail shoes and you have to get um, um, I can't remember what they're called. Um, but basically, you have to get trail shoes, and if you're smart, you get Velcro stitched in on the outside, and you wear these um, uh, gaiters, that's what they're called. And you have these gaiters which are Velcroed onto them, um, and that just stops all the sand getting in. So um, I... I hadn't had Sorkinese before, but I, I went I went for Sorkinese. Um and I also went for Ingini socks, which um I, I didn't get one blister. Um so okay. so I have to say, you know, you do six marathons, you'd be thinking you you're putting your body through it. But no, uh, I I uh, well, you've got a tent, um a med medical tent uh, for Marathon de Sable and you see people queuing up and they're getting, you know, lanced blisters and you know massive repairs but thank god i did not have one blister which i can only thank the ingenie socks and the, the sorkinis oh and also um i did meet a mother who um i think her son uh went to the same school as mine at uh kez in fact she's a friend of uh, claire bergham's um she'd done the, kate. Uh, the sorry was it kate yeah it was yeah 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 yeah. Um, so she'd done it several years before. And I think, she, you know, she came like fourth woman. Uh, I, had, I met up with her for a coffee and um, she gave me some uh, some magic, um, some magic powder, which um, uh, yeah, anti lister stuff. So that, that that probably helped as well. But um, OK. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so go on. Tell us now about your tent mate so the other people in the tent i mean did you know them before you went or did you just get put in a tent when you arrive how does it work yeah it's yeah it's completely random um and uh you know the guy i was sat with on the flight his name was damien um and uh, the guy next to him was called johnny um completely random and you know we were coming in just coming into land and we just started talking and um Johnny is amazing because he's um, the only Irishman to have visited every country in the world. Um, wow. Yeah. I, I think only 30 people have ever had done that. So, I, yeah, uh -huh. I was already, wow. And then Damien, um, he was, um, uh, he's got, a, he had a city job, but he kind of volunteers so that if there's, you know, like a war-torn country somewhere or if a hurricane hits, you know, Haiti or whatever, he gets a call, he jumps on a plane, and then he starts helping these people. So I'm thinking, wow, these guys are yeah. incredible. Wow, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And and you know, we're there, we're there, we're, we're queuing up for the um, uh, passport control, and Johnny pulls out these three passports, and I was, yeah, you know, are you Jason Bourne? <laughs> what's what's all this? Um, and you know, he tell, tells me about his traveling, and he's a he's a professional blogger, so. Um, uh, just an in incredible uh, guy. In fact, you know, they all were. And um, he, he kind of travels and he writes for a living. Um, and just, yeah, amazing. And then how it worked is Damien knew uh, another bloke called Chris. Chris had um, rode the Atlantic two years previously. Um, Johnny knew M Mossy, who was there. 
Um, and then Paul was this firefighter from um, Liverpool. Um, and, and, you know, what was, what was just incredible for me is that it's, it's obviously completely random and we're allocated a tent and there's already a bloke asleep in the tent when we get there. And his name was Ansar. Now, you know, I come from Coventry and um, my, my, my oldest friend uh, is actually called Ansar. And I, 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 I've never heard anyone else called Ansar. And then here we are. This is, you know, the first evening. And there's this bloke in my tent who has the same name as my oldest friend. So I just saw that really as, as a great kind of talisman. And I knew I was going to be okay. Um, and what was amazing about this guy, uh, he was from, uh, I think it was uh, Dubai. He'd already done like Abu Dhabi. And he knew um, uh, Mohammed, who uh, kind of keeps winning Marathon de Saab. So we had the kind of um, celebrity Marathon de Saab guy coming into our tent to, to, <laughs> to see Ansar. Yeah. So it was, yeah, I, I felt we were, um, I, I felt that we were blessed and, um, I, I was the oldest guy by probably 10 years uh, in our tent. So Mossy, who originally hails from uh, Dublin, um, called me dad. And they all laughed at me having such a big backpack. Um, but day two, his backpack had absolutely gone and I'd brought a sewing kit. Um, so um, I, I said I'd sew up his, uh, his, his bag and, uh, you know, he's eternally grateful for that. I also bought lots of tape for feet, which thankfully I didn't need. So I was, I was able to, to share that. I had an extra down jacket, which one of the guys wanted, um, lots of food, which I shared. So, um, so yeah, being called dad actually um, really gave me a lift. Um, and there, there's a theme here. I mentioned Viv. I mentioned that first triathlon. Um, where I couldn't really swim, but I had to give the guy mouth to mouth in, in the Thames. And then I'm here at the Marathon de Sable in the tent with too much gear, but it's almost like I do these events. Um, yes, obviously for me, but also just to kind of uh, help people. And that's what I do in my, my business. Um, you know, I, I, I help people. That's what I do in my life. So I see the whole kind of Marathon de Sable Ironman training as a, just an extension of that really just kind of helping folk so tell us what were highlights and any yeah low lights throughout the race uh highlights okay <clears throat> well continue this theme about helping people and because it's christmas time um one of uh, one of the books that i read to to my youngest um is called the fourth king and it's really about the kind of three wise men who are off to obviously find the baby Jesus, but this fourth king who just gets waylaid on his journey. Um, gosh, I'm getting, getting a bit emotional actually thinking about it. So, um, so there am I with 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 my stuff. Uh, I remember day two. This guy Davy, uh, not David, but Davy from the Netherlands. Uh, he's in a world of pain. He's absolutely he's he's, he's broken and. Um, uh, he's gone to the the kind of check-ins and they didn't have any first aid. They didn't have any medical stuff. And of course, <laughs> me, Mr. Camel with all the stuff here, he's there. And I said, look, what, what, what's going on? Do you need some help? Because oh, I didn't have any tape. So anyway, I get all my stuff out and uh, kind of tape his foot up on the run. And um, and But all my stuff's out there because bear in mind, Penny, you've got everything. So all my money, 
my passports and all these little kids were flocking here i'm thinking oh man i've got all my kit out and i'm taping this guy up so uh i tape him he just disappears he goes and then i have to say hi to the kids and i give them some of the sweets and stuff that i've got i pack up all my my uh essentials uh and go and i thought man that guy's just gone and well okay thanks for that sure. um but what was really you know you talk about highlights is that um and i'll come back to the fourth king in a moment but that guy davy when when we've done the six marathons and then you do this charity walk run for like four or six miles on the very last day just as an ambassador to, to, to raise some money for, for the MDS charity. Um, I walked with my, my tent mates. Um, my cousin actually flew over. He had to take something like four flights. He had to get a driver to drive, you know, 200 miles to find us in the middle of the desert. Absolutely awesome. My, my cousin's there. We're all hugging, kissing. You know, it took a long time for us to finish that last day. Um, who's waiting for me in the blistering heat, but this guy, Davey and, uh, He's waiting for me. He's looking at everyone, checking everyone in there. He's waiting for me. He comes up, gives me the biggest hug. And he says, listen, Rocky, thanks so much. He says, I would, I would have pulled the cause on, on that day too if you, if you hadn't helped me. And I was thinking, oh, man. That was... And again, I, I got quite emotional. So um, talking about this, the, the fourth king. So I helped him. I kind of gave all my sweets to these kids. Um, um, and And... The, the fourth king really is about, you know, you, 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 you want to find Jesus yeah, in, the, in this book. You, you, you want to find Jesus. However, the, these people come and they, they need you. They need your help. They need your assistance. So you're so focused on helping them, you actually miss, miss, miss that thing. So for, for me, the whole question about why do we do these things is it's never about the destination. It's always about the journey. And if you can help as many people as you can on the journey, you stop really thinking about yourself. Um, and it just becomes bigger than an event. It, it, you know, you don't feel like it's a, a selfish, self-consuming, oh, listen, I'm going to do an Ironman, I'm going to do Marathon de Saab. Thinking, well, with me being there, I know I helped another guy achieve what might be a, you know, a lifetime dream. So that that's the kind of stuff that keeps me warm at night. And um, that, that, makes me have peace with not winning these events i just want to finish but if i can help someone on the way then it's like double double points really yeah no no it's definitely something that i try and work on focusing on the process um yeah and only the assuming or disappointing even can't it you know and you, and you miss everything that's going on around you if all you're focused on is the end point. Um, so tell us, if someone was thinking about doing Marathon Disciples, um, what would be your top tips? Um, well, as Sir Ranulf said, it is really about the, um, the tent mate. I think you do need to um, focus on uh, the fuel that you've got, um, but always um, train the mind more than the body because you know your body says no very early doors but if if your mind just keeps moving forward the body has to follow so yeah i would train the mind more than the body okay and so what happened after so what year did you do it 
uh, you know something it was only last year it feels a lifetime ago 2019 well, 20, yeah. 2019 okay okay and so what happened when you got back after um after mds did you have a post-event slump were you on a high forever you know did anything change for you did you did you feel better at running or did you have a problem what tell us what happened after Uh, I still haven't given myself permission to call myself a runner. That might sound odd, but um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I just don't, and that might just be part of my mechanism. Um, yeah, you, you know, you get so close to your tent mates so quickly, and you know, you you go through. You know, I'd never done a double marathon before, and certainly never, never in the desert. Um, and you just, you just start. You, you you just start believing that anything's possible um and then when you're not doing that you inevitably you do have those those blues but what i really loved is just surrounding yourself with with people you see as your same tribe um you know I, there, there was a chap uh an american guy no a I beg your pardon, he was South African, but he was talking about uh, doing the New York Ironman, which they don't do anymore. Um, you know, and these people are just kind of throwing these these great achievements. I mean, I mentioned Chris about rowing the Atlantic. Um, that these, these guys just throw it away. And you, because you're surrounded by these kind of can-do people um, who they just see it as, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm just going to row across the Atlantic. They just see it as a normal day. When you're not surrounded by those people, um, it, 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 I wouldn't say bewildering, but it's, and you, you do miss it, Penny. You, you, you miss not being surrounded by these people that do extraordinary things, but they're just ordinary people. And then when you're surrounded by ordinary people who are just complaining about the most basic of stuff, you're thinking, you know, there's so much more in you. So yeah, inevitably you. You, you do get uh, you do get blues because I think you just miss that 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 buzz of being around these these amazing people. And did you have any strategies for dealing with that? Um, well, for me, what I like to do is just book events because I, I'm not a gym monkey. I can't just go to the gym three days a week. Um, you know, I wish I could, but I, I need that kind of focus of an event. So, um, yeah, I just, I kind of threw myself into an event and just started, um, you know, focusing on that really almost trying to, sounds really odd, but kind of distance yourself from the marathon to solve because it's such a special time and it's such a unique event and, you know, I probably will never go back there. So I, I wanted to distance myself uh, from it and just, just jump into the next event really. Okay. So tell us again about 2020. So you were saying that you ultimate trial and the what what that tell everyone what that's about because I haven't heard of it until you told me. Okay, yeah. So it's um it, it's an Iron Man, but I think it's ten percent more. So it, they've, what, right. what they've done is just to give it give themselves a bit of a niche is they've they've bumped up the distances. So um, just off memory here, I think the swim is. 3.1 miles i think the cycle is maybe 124 miles and the run is uh, 31 miles um 
So, yeah, I saw this come up, Penny, and um, I know you said, you know, don't do two Ironman in a year, but I, I, I can't help it, Penny. Um, that. Um... Well, I think you've moved on from that. You, you know, you, when you're starting out, um, I don't recommend generally doing two Ironman in a year, but, you know, um, it's not to say it can't be done, right? And and uh, I'm sure you're going to do it. Um, yeah, well, you know, I, I did I did Norway and uh, and Wales uh, with a couple of months yeah. apart, and not that I'm recommending it for folk, but you know, bear in mind that I started this um, endurance journey when I was 46 and a half. So you know, the, the youngins out there have probably got a lot more time, but I, I wanted to do five at 50. So hopefully, if I can, um, you know, uh, chalk up these these two, then then I've done that, and then then that's the problem, Penny. That you think, well, I've done the MDS, I've done the five, you know, what what next? And I think uh, there there is something called the tyranny of greatness when you set these these targets, these goals, and when you do it, you think, well, actually, what can I do next? Um, so yeah, I'm kicking around um, kayaking across a, a, a great lake in Canada. Um, I don't know, maybe it's a midlife crisis. Um, but, um, uh, I, I think it's always, you always have to have that horizon. You always have to have that next event, or at least I do. Um, just, just to I keep... mean, I think, yeah, no, no, I agree. I mean, if you like the outdoors and you like a challenge and you like kind of endurance activities, then there's, you know, so many things you could do. Um, you know, yeah, I would be, you know, in my bucket list in years to come when I've, finished with iron man yeah would be to do something like that kayak across a big lake or stand up paddleboard across a big lake or Ooh. you know round an island or or something um yeah they're definitely on my bucket list or um like a super long you know ride across america or or i mean not necessarily in a race but super long um you know multi-day bike um tours or something what else you could do um yeah, yeah. It, it, if the outdoors and the endurance is, is what inspires you um but you were saying earlier that you had um uh some sort of run an ultra run booked in for next november oh yeah yeah so um as i said my mum my mum sadly died um th this year and um uh, i just really wanted some some time uh literally on the mountain so um uh the, the same kind of UK team that sought out UK and Ireland for MDS, they they also organised the Everest Trail Run, which um, yeah should have been November. So um, uh, I was really looking forward to that, but because of COVID, obviously that's been bounced. Um, now it you, we're not obviously going to the top of Everest with this, but it, it looks like you you are getting some pretty hefty altitude so you do need to be mindful of uh kind of the kind of um uh, uh the kind of oxygen because it's very thin up there but yeah uh, yeah i think you are do doing some heights so you do need to acclimatize um it's not like the marathon de sable though. i don't think you're doing the kind of 150 odd miles um um and to be fair penny i haven't really uh since they bounced it, I've kind of I put that on the shelf till till November. But I, I, I've got my spot, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to travel. Um, but you know, how, even just, how long is it? How many days is it? Uh, 
like I mean, a forgive, week. Or... Well, forgive me uh, if I miss miss. Uh misinterpret this and uh waylay your listeners here but i think it's um i i think it's over five days and maybe it's maybe it's 100 miles 120 something like that yeah. um and uh, camping uh, and stuff or yeah yeah so um un unlike uh mds you, you do actually have uh a tent um tent rather than just a big sheet that's put over you and yeah. um, it doesn't need to be self-sufficient. Um, they'll give you your food, etc. So, okay. um, yeah, you just need to make sure you take the right gear for when it gets proper cold. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I've actually put that one on the shelf. I haven't revisited. I was just uh, really disappointed because I, I was so looking forward to actually just kind of getting away from everything and literally being on a mountain and just having that headspace, um, trying to deal with um, – uh, you know, with my with my grief, um, so I've actually put that on on the shelf. Um, so yeah, no, looking really looking forward to it. I have to say, um, I I know I won't win it, but just to say that I've been to Kathmandu or you know I've I've seen Everest. Um, that that's not one of the things for me, Pen. I have to say, I I, I did um, what one of my friends talked about doing Everest, and the kind of risk reward thing doesn't really resonate with me and. Um, so I won't. I I can definitely say I won't be climbing Everest, but uh, but the Everest Trail runs probably the nearest I'll get to it. Yeah, no, it sounds like a yeah really exciting thing to do. Mm. Um, nice to do something. It sounds like it's completely opposite from marathon to Sables. So cold, hilly. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you see uh, on YouTube, and I have to say, YouTube has been my go-to place for. Um, you know, people's journals about MDS and also about the Everest trail run. And my family are so sick and tired of Ironman things on YouTube, you know, all the races, all the, um, um, but, um, a lot of people who've done the Everest trail run, uh, they, it seems to be like a natural progression. You, you do MDS and then, you know, you think where's next. And a lot of them do the Everest trail run next. Okay, cool. Well, I think I've taken up enough of your time. And, yeah, it's been fabulous talking to you and hearing about all your um, inspirations and uh, adventures at Marathon to Sables. Uh, I, I'm sort of inspired. I don't, I don't think it's not really my thing. I don't like running enough to think that I want to do Marathon to Sables. But you've certainly got me thinking about other, other things to do. Um, yeah, so thanks very much. Uh, you're welcome, Penny. Um, absolutely, my pleasure. And I, I don't like running either. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it's okay, but it. I think you just need to just just experience it, Penny. I mean, you would do it. In fact, you would probably be. You might even win Marathon de Sal, Penny. But you you you, you, yeah. you kind of have to just throw yourself into the trenches, so to speak. Um, and then and then I think it's just mostly character and. Um, and and so you would absolutely smash it. I'm I'm sure you would. But um, no, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for um, letting me um, kind of share some of my experiences. And I, I hope it kind of resonates with some of your listeners and, and they get to do something which they thought was um, unachievable, but they, they can definitely do it. If I can, they can. And as you say, you can. Yeah, absolutely. That's where the 
the name, the UCAN coaching, the name comes from. Um, but no, I love that. I absolutely love that, Michael. You know, if you can do it, then, you know, anyone can. So that let's fit on that positive note. Thanks very much. Stay well, Penny. Take care. That's it, folks. Thanks very much for joining us. We hope you found some of that useful and we'll look forward to you joining us on next week's episode. Mm-hmm.